Hello, and welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. At GVC, our mission is simple. It's to love God, love people, and love life. This year, we want to reach further into the glory and the presence of our God and experience Him like we never have before. This year is going to be different. Can you feel it? I know you will be blessed by the message and the word that God has for you today. Here we go. And, uh, you know, we, we had a team meeting just this past uh, week, or I think the, the last week. Uh, it was on a Friday evening. And uh, Heidi, she was sharing during that time as well. And uh, again, I, I don't, I hope, I'm not wanting to embarrass her. But this is what she said. She said, I never grew up in church. And she said, I'm kind of embarrassed to say that. And it's like, man, how many people have that story? Didn't grow up in church. But then she said just how life has changed and how now it's like, man, listening to Christian music and just there's something that's fueling her on the inside. And, and so you look at people's lives and to say, I never grew up in church, but man, I just love Jesus. And I'm wanting to know him more and having a hunger for the word of God and coming to church. And man, God is just good, isn't he? Amen. Praise God. So if, if he'll do it for one, how many of you know that God's no respecter of persons? I said, no, God's no respecter of persons. If he'll do it for one, he'll do it for you. Just as you heard her say, she, she said, you know, life isn't always perfect. You know, there's, there's times that obstacles come up out of the way or come up in your way. But how many of you know that when it comes to your relationship with God, God doesn't just want you to live moment by moment. There's something called prayer. She talked about walking and living by faith. So the word of God produces faith, but prayer gets you connected to the heart of God. So that means that you can walk by faith, but your prayers can get out in front of you. And you know that you're going to come up against obstacles and opposition, but your prayers can already have answers out in front of you, even when they pop up. So therefore, your faith says, hey, I prayed this out. I prayed this through, and I'm still walking by faith, not by sight. Amen. So God's good, isn't he? Praise the Lord. Are y'all asleep? Do we need to like uh, turn the air down? Is that y'all doing okay? All right, good deal. All right, well, hey, if you have your Bibles this morning, go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. If you have been with us the last few weeks, this will be our, our conclusion of this particular message series called Reach. And in reaching, we said that it's causing us to stretch. And any time that there's a stretch, there's growth. We said that concerning reaching, it is to communicate with, to draw near, and also to reach a measurement or to be full. And so all of those things we've been talking and discussing, and more importantly, we said that concerning those things that we're reaching for is really we're reaching for God or God's presence, or we said the glory of God. And the glory of God, if you remember, we said it's not just a goosebump or a feeling. It's not just a religious word. We said the glory of God is all the goodness of God. And so what you heard today was testimonies or stories of God's goodness or God's glory functioning and operating in people's lives. And so that gives us the opportunity just to celebrate and just to grow. But you realize... That once again, God doesn't want us just to go living life haphazardly. He wants us to live life intentionally and on purpose. And God has a story for you to tell. 
whether you feel comfortable in talking in front of people. In fact, for that matter, how many of you know that you know, God calls us to be a witness, right? He said, go out and make disciples. So that means that we've got a responsibility to tell people about Jesus. But you know that there are those people that, man, they'll go out and just talk to anybody about Jesus at the grocery store, in the marketplace, at the workplace. And, man, they can just do it. I mean, they're graced to do it, and they can just do it with ease. And then there's a guy like me. It's just like, man, I just, it's not easy for me to do. You know what I mean? Now, you, sometimes you can look at that and you can say, well, what's the problem with me? How come I can't do that? You know, I'm supposed to do that. But do you realize that God graces you and empowers you to be a witness and share your story in the capacity and under the anointing that He has anointed you and called you to do? So what that means is that my testimony or uh, my expression of sharing my faith may not necessarily be in the grocery store, you know, uh, calling on the, um, uh, uh, the clerk at the checkout station. Hey, do you know Jesus? But, you know, I found that, man, I stand behind a pulpit and I can talk. Why? Because I'm graced or anointed to do that. And so all of us have a story to tell, and we all have a testimony to share, but God's going to use you in your own unique way. And what that does, it causes Jesus to leap off the pages of the Bible. You realize that the Word of God is not just a story about a man. It's not a story about a prophet. It's not a fictional story of a fairy tale of this man that was called Jesus and did miracles on the earth. No, it is a real-life story about the Son of God, the one that came to be the Savior of the world and be the Lord of your life. But just upon having a relationship with Him, it causes Jesus to come off the pages and become real to you. And the more that he becomes real to you, the more that you have the opportunity to share him. Amen. And God's going to cause you to reach. He's going to cause you to stretch. And he's going to fill you with all the good things that he has because he's got a testimony he wants you to share. Listen to the Apostle Paul here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting in verse 1. It says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellency of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. Did you hear that word? The testimony of God. He says, I didn't come to you uh, with excellency of speech or I wasn't really polished in the way that I communicated. He didn't come and say that I've got all this wisdom that I'm going to declare to you in the testimony of God. But what does he go on to say? Verse 2, he says, For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness. So he's identifying, you know, everything wasn't always great. There's times that we did life together. And in those times, he said, there was times that I was weak. He said, there was times that I was in fear. And in much trembling, in verse 4, he says, And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Amen. So what did... What did the Apostle Paul say? He said, I didn't come to you to try to give you a fancy talk so that you just might believe in God. He says, no, I've come to share the gospel, the good news, Jesus Christ and Him crucified. But now, I've also come to demonstrate that power of the Spirit and of the glory of God so that your faith 
would not be in me as a preacher, not be in my eloquent speeches and my eloquent preaching. He said, but I've come that your faith might be in God. Amen. So what's God looking to do? Those stories that we shared to you, they were intentional so that your faith can be turned and directed toward God to say, God, if you'll do it for one, you'll do it for one. Or you'll do it for me. Right? God wants you to know that He's a God that is a God that likes to demonstrate and display. In fact, one translation says it this way. The showings off of God. How many of you know that God is not a God of hide and seek? He's a God of show and tell. In other words, God wants to show you His goodness. He wants to show you His glory. And when you begin to see His goodness, then you begin to tell somebody. Right? You remember the old stories or those times in, in grade school you had show and tell? Well, what did you tell when you went to school? I remember as a kid when we had show and tell, uh, one time in particular. Back then, I might kind of date my age, but, you know, back in the uh, 70s, uh, Godzilla was really big, and they came out with this big Godzilla toy. And so <clears throat> I got a Godzilla figurine, you know, this, you pull the little knob on the back of the head, and he spits out fire, that kind of thing. And so I got to take my Godzilla to school. Well, why am I showing and telling? Because I'm excited about what I got. This is a blessing to me, and I wanted to show everybody, I got my Godzilla. Woo! Right? And so when you find that there's something exciting to you, when Jesus becomes real to you, when you begin to see the goodness and the glory of God show up, He begins to give you a testimony that He shows you and you can tell of the goodness of God. Why? Because other people need to hear your story. Amen. You know, the Bible says this, that... Not only is God a, a God of show and tell here on this, this earth, He is a God of show and tell throughout eternity. The Bible says that when we get over into heaven, it says that He will show us another side of His glory or His goodness every day of eternity. So think about that. Now, if you can let your mind stretch this big, let's just say we've gone to heaven and we've been there for two million years. And we wake up on the two millionth day, or excuse me, the first day of the two millionth year. And all of a sudden, God shows us another side of His glory. Now listen, we're not going to be looking at the thing that He shows us or the goodness of who He is and saying, well, yeah, I saw that before. Or I saw something similar. No, it's going to be so good that when we see it, we're going to like, glory to God. Did you see the goodness and the glory of God, of who He is? And God wants to reveal Himself that way in this hour and in this time. Now, you might uh, find that difficult to stretch your mind that big to think for. For two million years, every single day, God's going to show us His glory. But listen, how many of you know that God is the creator of all things? And we got a thing called winter right now, and there's some white stuff falling, Right? And it's called snow. But you look on the landscape, and the landscape is white. It's white with snow that's a few inches thick. But how many of you know that's not just isolated to our area? There's a lot of places throughout our nation right now that are under cover of snow. And for that matter, across this globe, there are snow-capped mountains with several feet of snow that glisten in the distance. 
But everything that you see white started with one single snowflake and one more single snowflake upon one another, upon one another until it became white. But every single snowflake is unique in its own, in its own design. There is not one single snowflake that is like another. And if God can do that in just the natural earth, just think what heaven's going to be like. Whew. God shows us His glory every single day. And God wants us to begin to expect His goodness so that we can have a testimony in this earth. Amen. Look at what it says here in John chapter 5. In John chapter 5, starting in verse 19, I'm going to read from the Amplified. This is speaking of Jesus. And again, this is kind of helping us to, to, to develop a mindset of what God has called us to do. You realize that God has not called us to be spectators. He's called us to be participators. And He's called us to be carriers of the glory, of His goodness, everywhere that we go. Why? So that it will change somebody's life. Notice what Jesus says here. It says in verse 19, So Jesus answered them by saying, I assure, I assure you, and most solemnly say to you, the Son speaking of himself, can do nothing of himself of his own accord. The Message Bible says this, he can't independently do anything unless it is something he has seen the Father doing. For whatever thing the Father does, the Son in his turn also does the same way. So Jesus said this, he says, I can't do anything of myself. He says, what I do is what I see the Father do, and it's what I hear the Father say. But the statement that Jesus made wasn't really that true in the context of what he said. Because he said, I can't do anything of myself. But the reality is, is that he could do whatever he wanted to do. Because he was 100% man. And the reason that we know that is that in the garden, the Bible says that Jesus said, God, if this cup can pass from me, let it pass. He says, nevertheless, not my will, but yours. So in that, he identified, I have a will. But we see that Jesus was so closely acquainted with the Father that he was compelled not to do anything outside of the heart of the Father. Could we get so acquainted with God that we just don't want to do anything that disappoints God? That we just want to please Him? I asked this question last week in our impact leadership uh, class. And, and, and I started out with this question because in this hour, we've got to have the right perspective of the time in which we're living. But I asked this question, I said to him, I said, if you knew that Jesus was coming next Friday, how would you live this next week? And if you're a Christian, and if you really understand what Jesus did for you, this whole next week, you would be telling everybody about Jesus. Whether you were eloquent or not, whether you could say the right words or not, you would be trying to tell everybody about Jesus, especially those that you are close with, especially those that are family. You would be endeavoring, Jesus is coming. You need to receive Jesus. He's coming, right? I'm talking about having an awareness of the hour. And again, just having a heart that says, God, I want to be about your business. And the fact of the matter is, is that's what God's called us to do. 
Do you realize that God hasn't called you to be a weirdo? What I mean by that is that He's not called you to to live every single moment just uh, not being productive in life and just trying to tell everybody about Jesus. No, you realize that your life can be a testimony to somebody. When you go to the workplace and you're smiling, you're full of joy, and they're saying, what is different about you? They're seeing Jesus, and you give them an opportunity to know Him, right? And so God's not expecting you to be a weirdo. He's just saying, if you're understanding the hour that we're living, and that Jesus is coming soon, and that we must receive Him, and that there are people that are living and dying and going to hell apart from Jesus, it would cause us to live with intentionality, right? Because we have a testimony to share. And God says, I didn't tell you to go share your testimony in your own strength. He says, I will cause you not only to tell, but I'll back it up and demonstrate my power. Amen. Have you ever heard somebody tell their story about how God healed them? Well, the moment you start, in fact, let me back that up. Jesus said this. He said, I will confirm my word with signs following. So if somebody is sharing the gospel about Jesus Christ, Him crucified and raised from the dead. Do you know what kind of power is available in that moment? It is saving power. Or in other words, there's somebody that can receive Jesus in that moment. Right? Or if you're sharing your story about, man, God healed my body. I went to the doctor, and the doctor gave me a bad report, and we prayed, and man, we saw God do a miracle in my life. When you're sharing that testimony, do you know what kind of power is available to demonstrate in that moment? Healing power. Why? Because God wants to turn the light on. He wants to use you to be that bright flashlight. And how many of you know that you live with and work beside all kinds of people that call themselves Christians? But how many of you know there are degrees of Christian living? And there's quite a difference when it comes to somebody that says, you know what, I know him. I know him. And any time he sends me somewhere, he just shows up. Amen? Amen. You know, when I went to the Philippines several years ago, Uh, You've heard me tell some of those stories. But I remember when I went over there, I said, God, I'm tired of hearing everybody else's stories about what they did and what they saw you did and how they prayed for individuals and they saw miracles. I said, God, I'm going over here to see miracles. And I'm not leaving and going back home without having stories to tell of the miracle power of God working in people's lives. And I remember we got there to the, the headquarters in the church and uh, Pastor Paul Chase was the guy that was the pastor over the church and over the school at that time. <clears throat> and I remember sitting on the front row, all of us students were jet-legged, were half fallen asleep. But he came over to me and he slapped me on the leg and he says, you will see the miracles of God. Expect them and don't give up until you see them. And so I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Man, I tell you, we saw... Story after story of God's miracle working power. But you realize it's not just subject to going somewhere overseas. This was several years ago when we pastored our first church. But I remember we were ministering. We were just sharing about the healing power of God. And there was one individual. uh, He always sat in the back. And he was a friend of one of the guys that was helping us during that time. And he always had back trouble. And so uh, during this time, I just felt prompted 
by the Holy Spirit because you realize that the Holy Spirit's going to work with us. I felt prompted and I said, hey, why don't you come up and sit up on the front row here? And so he did. And I said, now scoot your bottom all the way back to the back of the seat there. And he did. And I said, I just want to check your legs. And so I lifted up both of his legs and the one leg was about an inch shorter than the other. And so I just said, well, we got a short leg. I said, that'd probably be a good reason why you got back problems, right? He said, yeah. I said, well, why don't we just trust and, and just grow this leg out right now? You can do that? Didn't Paul just say that he came not with excellency of speech, but in power and demonstration? Amen. And so I'm holding his legs. And the ironic thing, there was a guy sitting right over here, and he was an unsaved individual. He was only there because his wife made him go, and he always grumbled and complained when he was there. And so he always said, you know, the pastor must be getting rich off of our money. I'm like, well, yeah, sure, that just makes a whole lot of sense. But anyways, he was sitting over there just grumbling and complaining. I lifted up the man's legs, and I began to say, in the name of, and I didn't even get out the name of Jesus. And in that moment, that leg shot out. Leveled right out with the other one. And when, when, <laughs> when his leg grew out, that guy over there, I heard him go, Whoa! almost like, did you, did, you, did you see that? Yeah. You see, this is the God that we serve, and we've allowed ourselves to be hoodwinked by the devil to say, well, he's just an abstract God. One of these days we'll see him. One of these days we'll know him. But no, we can know him personally, and he will demonstrate his love, his power, and his glory in your life. All you got to do is say, God, I believe, and I choose to receive. Amen? Amen. God's good. Somebody say he's good. Amen. Well, so when we look at Jesus, he said this. He said, I can do nothing of myself. But obviously, what he's saying is like, I don't want to do anything that would be displeasing to my father. And so this is one of the things that we know concerning Jesus. Jesus is the prototype of who we are. Jesus did not just come to be the Savior of the world and the forgiver of sins. He was the first reborn so that we could follow in His footsteps. And over in Luke chapter 6, the Bible says this, concerning Jesus, the Bible says that He healed all that was written or according to that which was written in the Scripture Isaiah. And if you know what Isaiah says, by His stripes, we are healed, right? And so therefore, Jesus acted upon the Word of God, or the Word is what gave Him faith in order to go out and minister and heal the sick. But you also know that there was a time, I believe it was over in Luke chapter 13, where the Bible says that Jesus was in the temple and he opened the book and began to read from the prophet Isaiah saying, Today, he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has sent me to mend the broken heart, to heal the sick and bring restoration to the dead. Right? Do you remember the scripture? He says, this is fulfilled in your hearing. So therefore, Jesus was acting according to the word of God, but he was not acting alone just according to the word. He was also working in uh, alignment with the word, but in relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit giving him direction as to what to do next. Remember, he didn't do anything of himself unless he heard or saw what the Father did. And so the Holy Spirit gave him instructions. You say, well, how do you know that? Well, do you remember the story concerning the man at the pool of Bethesda? The Bible says, or uh, yes, yeah, the pool of Bethesda. The Bible says that there was a multitude 
thousands of people there, and it says that Jesus was led to one man and healed the one man. And wouldn't you like to be everybody else around there like, well, what's up with that? Am I chopped liver or what? No, Jesus was led. And then you remember the scripture where the Bible says that Jesus was led into the wilderness, right? And so therefore, he was working in conjunction with not just merely operating or acting on the word. He was listening and following the direction of the Holy Spirit. So if Jesus is our prototype, the apostle Paul functioned like that. If Paul could do it, then so can we, understanding that what we saw in the scriptures can be possible. And we can act according to the word. Now here's the big million dollar question. How many of us actually give attention to or allow the word of God to be a part of our daily life? Or just even a regular part of our life? Do you realize that the vast majority of Christians don't even bring Bibles to church anymore? Let alone reading them on a personal basis? But let's just hypothetically say that you are reading the Scripture and the Scripture is feeding your faith. Do you realize that just partaking or following the Word of God is half the equation? Because not only do we have the Word of God, we have the help of the Holy Spirit to guide and to direct. And so therefore, if all you're doing is just living life based on the Word of God, you're only fulfilling half of your assignment. Are you tracking with me? Because the Word of God will give you faith, but it's the Spirit of God that will lead you to your assignment and to fulfill it and empower you to do so. Are you doing okay? You see, God's called you to be carriers of the glory. He's called you to be demonstrators of God's power. Why? So that men's faith is not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. This is the hour that God's wanting you to step out on the edge and say, God, I'm daring to believe. I'm daring to believe that you'll show up. That when I pray, you'll answer. That when I pray for somebody, results will take place. Because you're just that good. Amen? All right. Now, concerning just the hour in which we're living in, like I said, God wants to demonstrate. He wants to uh, uh, empower His people to not only tell, but to show the goodness of God. But isn't it interesting that especially in this hour that we're living, if you were to look at the church, you would be convinced that God's not doing much of anything, would you? Wow. What's God doing? He just must be falling asleep up there. No, He's just waiting for the church to say, we're ready. I said He's waiting for the church to say, God, use me. He's waiting for the church to say, what's my assignment? And the assignment that he's going to give is going to be a, an assignment that causes you to step out onto the unknown and it's going to take faith. But as long as you sit back in your comfort uh, uh, of, of your comfort chair and just say, well, God, I, I, I hope that you'll just move within this realm. God says, listen, I need you to step out because it's time for you to show the goodness of God. Amen? He's wanting you to be used to show the glory of God. Amen. All right, look at what Paul said here. Again, just using him as the example. In Galatians chapter 2, starting in verse 20. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, he says this. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. 
It is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loves me and gave himself for me. Did you hear what Paul said? He says, this life that I live, I no longer live unto me, but I live according to God. One translation says it this way. He says, I'm enjoying my second existence, simply Jesus using my body. <laughs> Amen. Wow, praise God. Come on, we, we live this life thinking, I go to work to make a paycheck. I go to work because I've got responsibility. How many of you know that you can go to work and have a kingdom assignment where God wants to put you on display and show the goodness of God? All the while getting the paycheck. You see, you've been called into ministry. You are called to be ministers and ambassadors of God. So your workplace... Being grandma, being grandpa, that's not just something that you fell into by inheritance. No, it's an assignment and a call of God. And you're anointed to do so. Praise God. So God wants to use you in this hour, again, not to distell, but to show. He wants to show off using you. I mean, wouldn't it just be amazing... If you just simply followed that prompting, you're thinking, Dear God, I've never asked anybody if I could pray for them. But you decided, well, you know what? It seems like God's asking me to do this. You know, God's been talking to me a, a, a lot just in these last couple of weeks of these 21 days of prayer and fasting. Hopefully, He's been doing to you as well. But He's been reminding me of things that He's talked to me about many years ago. And it's causing me to step out in some areas of faith. He's going to cause you to step out as well. I, I, I asked you as far as just daring to believe that God would use you to minister to somebody. Uh, there was a friend of ours uh, that we went to Bible college with. And he talked about his aunt. I think I've shared this story with you before. But he talked about his aunt where she just endeavored to be used by God. And so there was one day that she was in the grocery store and she was over in the produce aisle and she was looking at some tomatoes, you know, and uh, I guess she was like squeezing the tomatoes because you don't want them to be too soft because if they're too soft, they're too ripe and they'll get bad too quickly when you take them home. And so she was wanting to make sure she got some firm tomatoes. And so this little boy walks over to her and he pulls her uh, on the shirt and she, he says to her, he says, uh, how do you do that? And she says, well, this is the reason why I'm squeezing them. If they're too soft, they're too ripe. He says, no, that's not what I'm talking about. He says, how is it that you glow? And she started laughing. She says, that's just Jesus. She says, you're seeing Jesus and I know him. And so what you're seeing is really just his presence. It's like, oh. And so he just walked off. And so this woman that was squeezing the tomatoes, she went in and got in line because she was going to check out. And then this little boy and his mom got in line right behind her. And then he was, she was listening to the little boy, and the little boy was saying, Mom, Mom, that's the woman that glows. And so she turned around to address the mother, and the mother said to her, my, my, I'm sorry, my little boy was talking about, you know, seeing that you, you were glowing. And she goes, oh, yeah. She goes, I, yeah, I was telling him it was just Jesus. And so she just was sharing a little bit with her. And then the Lord began to speak to her. And she said, I don't want to be weird or anything. She said, but I just I perceive that you've got a lump in your breast. And it's cancer. And the mother of the boy says, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty bad. 
And she said, well, that same Jesus that your little boy saw is the same Jesus that told me about the cancer in your breast. And he's the same Jesus that wants to heal you right now. She said, can I pray for you? She said, yeah. So she prayed for her right there in the line. And they exchanged numbers. Nothing happened right on the spot. But they exchanged numbers and the, the aunt that was squeezing the, the tomato says, call me when you see something change. And so, just a few days later, the woman that had the cancer called the other woman and says, I just want to let you know. I went into the doctor and the doctor said, the tumors are completely gone. And she said, my husband was so angry at God. We used to go to church, but because I got this cancer, he was so angry at God that he said, I am no longer going to church. She said, when he saw that the tumors were gone, he began to weep and repented to God, and we've been going back to church. Amen. So listen, it doesn't take a minister to stand up and say, God wants to demonstrate. He just wants to use somebody that says, God, here am I. Use me. I'll be a vessel that shares the goodness and the glory of God wherever I go. Because this is the hour that you want to show off. Amen. Do you believe that God can use you? Amen. Let me give you a couple more verses as we close here. In John chapter 12, starting in verse 47. Remember, the Apostle Paul says, I'm just enjoying my second existence. Why? Because he was born again or received Christ. I'm enjoying my second existence. Jesus is using my body. In John chapter 12, verse 47, I'm going to read it from the Message Bible. It says this. It says, if anyone hears what I'm saying and does not take it seriously, he says, this is Jesus speaking. He says, I don't reject him. I didn't come to reject the world. I came to save the world. But you need to know that Whoever puts me off refuses to take in what I am saying and is willfully choosing rejection. The Word, the Word made flesh that I have spoken and that I am, that Word and no other is the last Word. I, uh, I'm not making any of this up on my own. The Father who sent me gave me orders and told me what to say and how to say it. And I know exactly what his command produces. Real and eternal life. That's all I have to say. What the Father told me, I tell you. Praise God. If Jesus can respond to the Father and speak life into somebody's life, so can you. You just have to be willing to hear and willing to say. Amen? He wants to use you in this hour. He wants to use you to be a display for His glory. The idea of being a Christian is not having the ability to debate somebody into knowing Jesus, but to be a person that shows off Jesus so that they come to know Him. Amen? This is the hour that God wants to reveal His glory. In the lives of his people. It's time for us the church. To recognize the hour. To say that the time is short. God use me. Now I'm saying this by the Holy Spirit right now. There are people that have been hard in your life. Hard hearted. And have rejected. 
anything that you've ever had to say. But this is the hour that God's moving in the hearts and the lives of people. So be sensitive in those moments where you feel the promptings just to love on somebody. Just to share your testimony. To share what God's doing in your life. And you'll sense and you'll recognize that the moment you start to share, the presence of God shows up. And the reason that the presence of God shows up is to one, back you up, but it's to tenderize their heart. So be ready. Because those people that you thought were so hard, that have rejected you, maybe made fun of you for being a Christian, it's their hour. Amen. Let's stand. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe you're here this morning. And you would say, what I heard you speak of this morning is new to me. You might even say that what I've talked about as far as having a relationship with Jesus is something that's foreign. It's something that you don't know personally or firsthand. If you're here this morning, I don't believe it's by accident. I believe it's for an opportunity for you to come into a relationship and know Him. And so if you're here this morning and you say, I'd like to receive Jesus, I'm going to give you that opportunity to raise your hand. I won't embarrass you. I'm not going to call you up front. I just want to be able to pray with you in this moment as your heart is tender to receive Him. Maybe you're here this morning and you said, I've walked with Jesus and I would consider myself a Christian, but maybe this Christian life is more abstract to you. And you say, you know, I, I want a deeper relationship of knowing Him, that He's real in my life, that I recognize His voice, that I actually learn to follow His direction. I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond and we're going to pray for you as well. And maybe you're here this morning and you're one of those individuals that say, I just want to be radically used by God. God, I'm availing myself. God, mess my life up. Mess my world up in a good way. Lord, turn my world upside down because God, I want to, I want to be used by you. And God, I want to know you. And God, I want to see the great displays of your glory and power. We're going to pray for you as well. So if you're here this morning and you say, I don't know Jesus, but I want to know Him. When I count to three, I want you to raise your hand. If you're here this morning and you said, I'm a Christian, but I don't really have a no-so experience with Him. When I count to three, on the same count of three, I want you to raise your hand. And if you're here this morning and you say, I am radically dedicating my life to Jesus this hour and this day. On the same count of three, I want you to raise your hand. Are you ready? Come on, this is rubber meat in the road. This is eternal business right now. The kingdom is getting ready to change right now. Your surroundings and your landscape is getting ready to change right now because of your decision to respond. Are you ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. Just raise your hand. Praise God. Hands raised all over. Amen. I see those hands. Praise God. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Praise God. Amen. You can put them down once you put them up. 
All right, let's pray. I'm just going to say a general prayer. You engage your faith with my prayer. Rather than me actually just leading you in the prayer, you just pray along with me silently. Father, in the name of Jesus, we in this place surrender our hearts to you. We confess our sins and say, God, we have failed you on so many levels. But because of Jesus that went to the cross, that was crucified for me, that died and went to hell for my account, but yet was raised from the dead. Jesus, I ask you into my heart. I confess you as Lord and Savior. God, I commit my life to you this hour from this day forward. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would empower us, that you would lead us to understand, to hear, and be acquainted with the reality of your person and your voice. And God, I thank you that you are radically rearranging our life in such a glorious way that God, we cannot help but show the glory and the power of God and that you would demonstrate who you are in our lives in Jesus' name. And we give you all the thanks and praise. Well, that's it. Do you feel the glory? Do you feel the filling? I know you do. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast and come back next week for God to move on your behalf again. Want to know more? Check us out online and our social media, all from our website, gvchurch.tv. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.